I had this in my head. Like I didn't deserve to feel confident. Right, right. I, are you sure? Seriously. Oh my. <laughs> Watch out. Oh, cheater, cheater. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Oh my God. <laughs> this ain't no game show. This is life. I am the incognito athlete, and I have so much to gain by losing 100 pounds. Are you with me? Let's do this. Hey, hey, it is so good to have you back at the incognito athlete podcast. This is Erica. I want to talk to you about something. I cannot even tell you how overwhelmed I am by the feedback that I've already received from you folks listening to me. I'm truly humbled and overwhelmed in the best of ways by all of the positive energy that I'm getting back from all of you. It has really reinforced how important this whole journey is for me and how important it was for me to also share my journey with other people. From the time when I was in high school, I always imagined myself connecting with others and then Beyond college and my degree in communications and journalism, I I aspired to, you know, make a difference and connect with the community. Here I am years later doing it in a way that I never thought I would through a microphone of all things. And here you are listening in and tuning in. And I just want to thank you so much for doing so. And I also want to pause and, and congratulate you too, because if you are tuning in, there's a chance that you are also embarking on or taking part in your own journey, whatever that may look like. And so kudos to you. Congratulations for making yourself a priority in your life. There is only one you. As a result of all this tremendous feedback, I'm going to be doing something special with my podcast. As I continue on this journey, I will be sharing the stories of other people who I have known or maybe who I meet along the way in hopes that their story will also resonate with somebody. What I've come to realize is that we have different stories, but we're all on the same journey. And that journey is through self-development and just the achievement of happiness and, and health, right? Initially for this episode, my intention was to talk about why I'm choosing to do the old-fashioned weight loss tactic of cutting calories, exercising, and, you know, looking looking at my nutrition and so forth. And then in doing so, I connected with uh, a young woman who was kind enough to share her story with me about her weight loss surgery. And what I wanted to do is afford her and someone who experienced the surgery a platform to share their perspective and how there is more than one way to tackle weight loss. It just depends on the person and the circumstance. I'm going to segue here from my intro to my weekend review. One of my new goals is to share the stories of others. I'm seeking out stories of other people, predominantly women. I think that's just the, the audience that I'm striking a chord with who are seeking the same goal that I am. And we'll be hearing the stories of those people throughout my journey and on this podcast. So that's been a really major goal of mine and a turning point of this whole experience. I'm really thrilled about it. It's so great to be able to share 
intimate details about what I'm experiencing, but I feel like it's monumental to be able to include other people in this and give them a chance to share their own knowledge, experience, and inspirations to all of you. Kind of taking it down a notch, uh, I will speak to also to what I've been working on here personally. It's been tremendous for me. I've actually finished the detox, the uh, 10-day green smoothie cleanse, and I'm going to be releasing a bonus episode in the next few days so that you can tune in and find out the results of the process. Uh, I'm very excited to be able to share that with you. And so please tune in. But before you do, I do encourage you to listen to episode three so that you can get the fundamentals of what the 10 day green smoothie cleanse is all about. So you can potentially better consider it for yourself. All right. So there's nothing better than to segue right now into the interview that I had with Kimmy Heward. She's a person that I am so proud to be able to call a friend now. And I just only hope that she and I will have an opportunity to get together, hang out and lift some heavy stuff together. I've got barbells and tires on the mind. Oh, yeah. Now we're going to swing down Front Street into our interview with Kimmy Heward. Enjoy. I could not be happier now to be talking with Kimmy Heward. It's actually kind of funny how I ended up getting to know Kimmy. I was classmates with Andrew and I couldn't help but be intrigued by this really spunky looking girl (laughs) who was making waves in her life. So I friended her and just kind of like wanted to cheer her on. I was just very inspired by her. And so Kimmy, I'm very happy to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining me. You're so welcome. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. (laughs) Well, I'm excited too. Whenever you hit a point in your life where you are trying to do the best for yourself it's a scary place to be because we're not experts and you know as many health classes as we as we were enrolled in I mean, we still don't really know how to operate our bodies, you know, to our full potential. And so we're trusting the internet and specialists and, you know, people out there to tell us what's best for us. As I'm embarking on this journey, I literally talked to my doctor and I'm like, is this the right thing for me to do? She's like, all you need to do is the diet and exercise. I know you can do it, focus on it, but I am not everybody else, you know? And so I'm, I'm aware of your medical weight loss surgery and your whole journey, I want you to share why this has been so successful and life-changing for you. I think like a lot of people that I know, I had a really weird weight life. You know, I was overweight as a kid. You're fed all these different ideas of what's healthy and, you know, cottage cheese for breakfast and, you know, those kind of things. And So like you said, for years now, we've been trusting people to tell us what's best for us, but realistically, we're just jeopardizing our bodies and teaching our bodies to eat the wrong way. And so, you know, yo-yo diets my entire life. And I- What kind of diets did you try? Oh man, what didn't I try? I would try like daytime fasting at my most extreme, which was not at all a good idea, but in my head and in my friend's circle, that was what we were trying. Um, I did Atkins for a long time, like a super strict carb reductions. um, And those were super successful. But as most people who do that know, the second you smell a loaf of bread, you're going to put the weight back on, you know? So, (laughs) um, you know, I would, I would get to healthy 
or weights by unhealthy means. And so every time I would take a step forward, I was eventually taking two steps back. It just was a matter of time. I hear you. you And so eventually little by little, I'd lose 25 pounds, but gain 50 or, you know, and then I'd get to the point where, oh, I've got to start over. And then I'd go super strict again, but like, Mm -hmm. it was so back and forth for so long, you know? Yep. Yeah. I totally did the same thing. And I felt like any program was supposed to be this quick fix. And I think my personality too, is like, if I don't see progress immediately, I just feel like I'm going to fail. And then I would just tell myself, there's no point. You may as well just call Papa John's and be over with it. Like, oh yeah. Or you did so well this week, go ahead and treat yourself. And then that treat turns into a binge week of like, and then the guilt, like on that Friday where you're like, I know. (laughs) And you just, you feel you, you teach yourself that food is negative because then you're like, oh, I ate ice cream. I'm such an idiot. And it's like, you're not an idiot. You're a human who enjoyed ice cream. Like stop beating yourself up. It eventually was just getting to the point where I beat my body up so much that it wasn't responding to the diet and exercise. It was wild. Yeah, absolutely. And I like what you said too, about the reward. Um, I think I, I came from that ideology that like, Oh, I, I lost five pounds. So I totally deserve that pizza or Mm -hmm. even like I did so well at work. Let's go out. And it's not only like the steak and potatoes, but three cocktails. Yeah. You know? And dessert at the end, because you had a hard week too. You're celebrating, but you like, it's just, you justify all these different uh-huh. rewards that are food-based because for so long food felt negative. So it's mm-hmm. like both sides are dangerous. Yeah. Big time. So then what was the turning point for you? After I have two daughters, I have a 12 year old and a four year old. And after my four year old, I had lost a lot of weight during pregnancy because they're very, you know, if you have gestational diabetes and all this other stuff, you get put on all these things. So I had lost a lot of weight with my youngest and then very quickly ballooned up to almost 350 pounds. Mm -hmm. And I was starting to have health issues like non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, which can cause fat deposits in your liver that can cause scarring much the same way like cirrhosis would if it gets bad enough. Um, And that one is, I think what scared me because one of the only ways to fix that is to lose the fat, like Mm -hmm. that you have to remove the fat from the situation in order to cure or, you know, reduce the harm level of that disease. Sure. When I heard that, I was like, okay, I really don't want to get to a place where I'm causing irreversible damage to my body. Like my Mm -hmm. cholesterol was always fine. I was diabetic. So that obviously is not a great thing to be so heavy. I had sleep apnea. Like I had a whole bunch of issues, but for some reason, the liver thing was just what was like, whoa, you know? (laughs) And so I started going really heavy to the gym. I was really good about eating pretty balanced. You know, I wasn't doing the negative eating. I was in a place where I was ready to actually Mm -hmm. follow guidelines. (laughs) Right. And, um, it just wasn't working. I couldn't get below. I think my lowest on my own after the three forty ish pounds level was like 320. I was busting my ass every day and doing the work, but I had only lost 20 pounds and I was getting to the point where I was like, 
there is no, I was like, I either have to do this now and have a good life with my family, or it's going to take me five years to get to the point where I'm at a level where I'm at a decently healthy weight. Why am I robbing myself of these next five years? That's a good point. Yeah. That's, that's where I was because I was so far gone that to get to where I am now, Mm -hmm. even if it was working would have taken forever. Yeah. And by then my kids are young adults and teenagers, you know, they're not going to want to run around and play with me anymore. You know, like, so it really was just a matter of like, do it now and buy yourself back those years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I hate to say it, like, I'm sure we're probably around the same age. It's like, yeah, not getting any younger. Yeah. You know, know? (laughs) I'm like, it's only going to get harder. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I'm at the point where things are physically difficult yet, but like realistically, if I had allowed myself to stay at that weight, I was only going to deteriorate faster, you know, Mm -hmm. 35 starts to feel like 45 when you're 350 pounds, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fatigue was really just getting me alone. Um, and so, yeah, I feel you. So then how did you start researching? I mean, did you hit up WebMD or did you like, that's a scary place to go to. Yeah, it really is. The doctor, the Google doctor, uh, degree for sure is a scary (laughs) thing to have. But I think that once you hit a certain weight and with the fatty liver disease diagnosis, the first thing your doctor starts talking about is weight loss surgery. Um, because it is effective and I, I wish I had looked it up, but there's a statistic about the percentage of cases that were cured by, by the surgery, because not only, yeah, not only, um, does the weight loss help, but the way that the, the way that you eat after it, because there's, it's not that you can just eat everything in small portions. There are things I can't eat. They will make me sick. And so by that process, you're not putting in the fat that would contribute further to the fatty liver. So it's definitely the conversation started because of the liver diagnosis. And then I just started kind of reading and, you know, looking more at like blogs and things. And and it sounds embarrassing, but like things like Instagram posts of people um, who had chronicled their journeys, it was like, okay. Cause I had always had a negative impression of like medical surgery to like trigger weight loss. I think a lot of us did. You grow up watching, you know, the 600 pound life and all that other stuff. It's got kind of a negative concept behind it, you know? And so I was always kind of like, oh no, no, not surgery. That's the easy way out. Right. Like, and I think Uh a lot of people do think that, you know? Um, and I said, I was like, no, no, I'm not interested in, in surgery. I'm going to do this, you know, the, the way that works for most people and all this. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started really just thinking like, maybe after like the third appointment where he's like, and I'm just double checking, like weight loss surgery still isn't something you're thinking about. And I'm like, you know what, maybe I do just start having that conversation because this isn't working for me, you know? Right. And it, it was so many different factors. And then the, the whole mindset of do it now or be miserable for five years, you know? Yeah. And just hope that whatever you're doing is actually going to work. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I, and that's what I do appreciate the fact that you you made that decision because even in the way I'm approaching my journey, I'm not doing it by myself. Like I, I made sure that I have a nutritionist. I've got my doctor in my corner 
And then I'm even have, you know, like a fitness and like my mindset coach, like just people that I can go to whenever I hit whatever plateau it is, whether it's mental or physical that, you know, and just be like, what am I doing wrong? Or is this normal or help me because I'm going to quit. Oh, yeah. And that was such an important part of the surgery process too, is that at least where, where I had my procedure, it, they are great about education. I have a nutritionist, a dietitian, an exercise physiologist. I have access to whatever I would need That's to awesome. make this successful. See yeah. Resources and that whole like concept of putting that, the, building the tribe around you. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's a thing. And then, well, we'll get into it later. I know you have another community that you're going to want to talk about. Yeah. I mean, I really think that it's critical. Yeah. It's so crucial to have a group because going back to what we said earlier, like trusting the internet to tell us what to do or what fad diet is supposed to happen, you know, that they don't know you, they don't know you and your story and your circumstances like they know what worked for them and they take their pretty pictures and Mm -hmm. they you know and I'm guilty of doing the before and afters too but like you know you start to just see this idea and that's what's supposed to be right but like the tribe of actual knowledge is so Mm -hmm. important well for you I mean I think the before and after just speaks to like what you've done for yourself and it's not like you're trying to sell a product, a process. You're just like, this can work for you. Like, that's almost like what I'm trying to do. It's like, I'm going to find any little nugget of knowledge, knowledge that I can, and I'm going to share it and take with it what you will. Um, I just, I, I almost feel like there is this, I don't know, there's like this almost unspoken censorship over how we take care of our bodies and like we're all expected to look like supermodels or something because that's Mm -hmm. what the the magazines and the Instagram loaded with and so there's just like so much misinformation and misunderstanding out there being able to share what's real yeah you know I think that builds like this really like much greater community of people who are just in it to be healthy and to, as you said, just be available and present with your family while, you know, while the time is, is prime. Yeah. So for sure. Okay. So now I know that there's some like different options as far as medical weight loss. So do you mind talking a little bit about what you chose to do? Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. Cause it's really interesting. Cause I always, pictured like one thing. I didn't realize that there were multiple versions of the surgery when I first started. So most people, the first thing they ask me is, did you get lap band? They don't do lap band anymore, which is, yeah, they don't do that anymore. It slips. It's not great. They usually have to get removed and replaced with a different version of the surgery. So they don't do that one anymore. And I might get, ah, I forgot some of the names, but there's three different main versions. There's um, the one where they just make your, the sleeve where you get like a little banana shaped belly, yeah, um, less invasive. It's just making your stomach pouch smaller. Uh-huh. Um, there's what I had, which is a ruin Y gastric bypass, which is a combination where they make your pouch smaller, like the first one, uh-huh. but then they also reroute some of your intestine so that your stomach empties into a lower portion of your intestine. so that it doesn't absorb as much along the way, right? 
<laughs> and then the third one is um, like the more aggressive one, um, usually reserved for people who are on the larger side or need to lose weight much more quickly. Okay. Um, they make the pouch even a little bit smaller and they skip a longer section of the of the intestine. So oh, it's like a more advanced version. <laughs> I forget yeah. what that one is called. That's okay. That's so interesting. You know, and I, I can appreciate too, that the surgery is not necessarily new, but it's still evolving. Oh yeah. And, and so, um, just being able to know that like this procedure has worked, will work for the long term is more reassuring, I guess, you know? Yeah. yeah. Was it kind of like an easy decision for you to just go with that? Yeah, it was for me because the sleeve was not going to be enough. And they, they have charts that kind of tell you based on, mm-hmm. based on the success rate of previous patients at your size, if you were to have surgery A, you could expect to lose about this much. Surgery B would be this and surgery C would be this. So the sleeve wasn't going to be that effective for me because just eating less was not enough for me. I obviously had been eating less for a year at that point and not losing. Right. Um, and then, so the second one was the one that is, they call it the gold standard It's the one most people get Mm -hmm. when it comes to gastric bypass surgery. So, um, that's the one most people get. And then the third one was going to be almost probably a little too aggressive for me at my size and my height and my overall general physical self, because I'm not built to be a skinny lady. Right. You know, like, you know, my broad shoulders, my wide birth and hips, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. You're speaking right to my, right to me. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, realistically, while I was, you know, close to 350 pounds, if I were to have that surgery and lose 170, I'd probably be at actually a kind of unhealthy weight. You know what I mean? Like an unhealthy, at least in my opinion, physique, you know, I did not want to get super tiny because it wouldn't work for me, you know? Yes it was kind of easy for me. It was when we went into the surgical consult, he laid them all out. And I was like, it kind of just seems like B is the way to go. And he was like, yep, it's your choice. Absolutely. But you know, that is what I would recommend as well. So it was for me, at least very, very easy to decide. So you're speaking very confidently right now. Were you feeling (laughs) as confident at that point? At that point? Yeah. I, Uh I, I going into it, was all about it. There's like a six month prep period that you have to go through before you're allowed to have surgery. And by month two, I was like, all right, let's get this show on the road. And it wasn't until like the day before that I had like the nervous, like, Oh God, I'm going on, you know, and it was more about people die under the knife all the time. You know, it wasn't that I was making the wrong choice. I was totally confident in my choice. I was afraid of surgery. But other than that, and that didn't kick in until like the day before. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I fortunately have never had surgery. The only thing I had was my wisdom teeth out and I totally freaked out before that happened. I was like, wait, wait, I'm not ready. Right. Right. Are you sure? (laughs) Yeah. I just, I just kind of get the willies in that situation. So, I mean, Yeah. yeah, I can totally appreciate how you may have felt you know, just walk me through what that experience was like then post-surgery and what kind of recommendations and program they uh, had for you so that you could be successful. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I had my procedure done at Geisinger okay. and yeah, prior to that, they require some insurances require this too, but they require six months of active participation in meetings. And I was, um, Wow. required to attend support meetings, weight loss surgery support meetings that they have there at the hospital. And by required, I'm not upset about it, but it was part yeah. of the And so I got to talk to people who had been successful and who were keeping it off and people who were going through it and not able to meet the goals that they meet, you know, that they require, because you have to quit smoking. You have to quit drinking. You have to lose a certain percentage of weight prior to the weight loss surgery. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's definitely, I'm probably missing things. Uh, the group support meetings, they give you a booklet of literally everything you need to know before, during, and after surgery, mm -hmm. um, books to read, all different kinds of resources, plus meeting with the nutritionist and the exercise physiologist and doing the I think it's called a DECA scan where they do the body fat percentage and yes. all of that. So, you know, that was super enlightening when I started this, my BMI, and I know BMI is like sometimes a crock of whatever, but yeah. like as a scale, um, my BMI was like 55, which okay. is really high. Yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, just being able to see this and then, you know, prior to surgery, they walk you through it. They tell you exactly what's going to happen. You do all the prep work for that. And then, you know, after surgery was kind of funny for me because I was never actually admitted to the hospital after surgery. I had to stay in the um, recovery room because the hospital was full. So oh, I wow. ended up doing my recovery in the middle of everybody else's like post-op. It was very bizarre, but um it was definitely interesting. So I was walking around because uh, they want you to get up and walk. Yeah. Sure that, you know, everything's moving well. And yes. um, so I was walking around in my uh, little hospital gown among all the other people who had, had surgery. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And I remember getting stopped because um, I got out to go walking and I forgot to put my non-slip socks on. So they made oh. me stop and sit down and put new socks, like little booties on. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was funny, but I, I started taking pictures of like the bruising because right away I was like, okay, I want to see before and after like post-surgery. Right. So I took a yeah. picture of my belly with my little stitch marks and all that. But then as the weeks went on, the bruising just got insane. And I actually called my doctor. I wasn't, I wasn't super sore. I was okay. Um, okay. there were, they give you, um, a belly band it's like this super stretchy thing that you put around and it holds everything in place. And I wore that thing religiously because it just yeah. felt good to like have that pressure. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if that's why I didn't feel super, super sore, but I was very adamant about making sure I was getting up and moving and wearing that thing. If I had just laid on the couch completely unsupported for the six week recovery period, I probably would have been way worse, right. but it was definitely something I tried to proactively do. But part of the, the, actually, I don't know why I didn't mention this before. Part of it uh, going into and out of surgery is the liquid diet phases. Like they have phases oh. that you have to follow. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was about four weeks prior to surgery. I was on a liquid diet, um, like, so protein drinks, broths, things like that. That's yes. what I was consuming. 
obviously right before surgery, you have nothing for that, you know, whatever period beforehand. I really remember the first thing they brought me after surgery was this bottle of crystal light and a little medicine cup because I was only allowed to have that one ounce of of fluid in an hour. (gasps) I had one hour to finish that little cup and it took the hour the first time. It was very like slow going. It was bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, that is it was really very strange. You said your recovery period was about six weeks. How quickly did you start to see a difference? Oh, wow. It's actually funny you ask because my surgery was August 29th of 2019, right? So just about two years ago. Yeah. And so, yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. So uh, Facebook memories is, you know, a gift from God sometimes, sometimes not, but you know, um, (laughs) it it actually just showed up a little bit ago. My first like, Ooh, I'm starting to notice the difference post was about a month after surgery. You could see that my face had started to kind of thin out a little bit and that some of the weight around my midsection was shifting. It wasn't necessarily like I looked like I was losing weight yet, but I definitely looked different enough that I was like, Oh, Okay. So I think it was about 25 pounds in that first month. Nice. Yeah. I know that was the one thing that I really started to try to add to my mindset whenever I'm doing any kind of new routine is that body composition is just going to change. I feel like you and I are similar in that, like my body structure is larger. I come from good Eastern European stock. Right. So, you know, I like, and I, I would always joke, like whenever I work out, like I'm built like a workhorse, I'm really strong and I just can't help it. That's my thing. I can't run a mile or two, but I can lift 300 pounds, you know? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And what's so funny is that I always say I'm built, like I'm supposed to haul the potatoes in from the field, you know? So it's like, I'm not, going to look like an hourglass at some point. I think people get discouraged because they don't see it. And like body dysmorphia is real too. Like there's definitely people who lose a ton of weight, but they can't click it, you know? And so it's so important to just step back, you know, take a look at what is successful. The weight might not move yet. The you know, the shape of your body might not change super drastically, super quickly, but it's so important to realize that Things are happening, whether you see them or not, you're going to feel better. I love that. I I just made a note of that because that's what I've been living with my entire life. Because I even remember when I was in high school, I was rocking like a size 10, which I would kill for right now. And at the time I was around a lot of girls who were just wearing a four. And so I felt Mm -hmm. like I was fat and not pretty and I was healthy and I didn't know it. And then even like I was telling you earlier, like a couple of years ago, I was really in excellent shape, but the scale was not to my liking, which is horseshit, really. Oh, Oh my God. Absolutely. And that's where you start beating yourself up because all of a sudden you're not, you know, the scale says I'm this, you know, and then you plug it into your BMI thing and it says you're unhealthy, right? Or a Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm doing toast bar and I'm, you know, running the Murph and everything. And I'm, I was like, I still think considered like morbidly obese or borderline with the BMI. Mm -hmm. 
And so I can appreciate that there are some standards in place to help keep us in check, but like, we're, we're just all still so different that we can't, we can't live by those. Oh, absolutely. So I want to ask you like, what was your life like after surgery? And like, who do you feel was really integral as part of your recovery? I feel like when I went into this, I was, I decided very early on to be completely like, I'm going to have gastric bypass. I didn't want to be one of those people, not those people. That's a terrible way to word it, but I didn't want to be the person who disappears from social media for two years and comes back skinny. And everyone's like, well, what happened? Right. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Your journey is your journey, but I wanted people to see that it's not something you have to hide and not everybody who does that is hiding. They want to have their own privacy through that procedure. And that's totally valid, but I wanted to be somebody who, you know, if somebody's considering this and they're afraid, I want them to see a success story So I was very open early on. So I had a wide network of support, like truthfully, but obviously, you know, my husband is incredible and, you know, I've got my two girls and my family is amazing. I have a very small social circle. I don't have like, you know what I mean? I've got a lot of great people in my life, but I, as far as actively hanging out with people, I see the same, you know, group of people most of the time, which is how I like it. Um, so, you know, I definitely had my online support of my friends who I love dearly, just don't happen to see a lot. And then, you know, the people that I do happen to see once in a while. And then my husband, you know, he's amazing. And he has his own physical journeys back and forth and athleticism and non-athleticism and all that. Yeah. Um, he started going to work out with our group of people and, um, you know, I was just kind of watching him grow as a person with them and, you know, becoming more confident and doing harder and harder things and challenging himself more. And I was like, uh, at the gym, working out at the Y, you know, and they would all be there and they were always just so like, cool, you know? (laughs) And I was always like, oh, they look so, they look like they're having so much fun. And like his coach would start to, uh, one day I remember him coming up and saying, so when are you going to come work out with us? And I was like, yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not lifting heavy things. They, they do strong man. And um, Uh I was like, I can't do that. I was like, baby steps, baby steps. Right. And he was like, all right. Yeah. Baby steps. And literally the (laughs) next Sunday, (laughs) the next Sunday I was at the garage with them. So um, that was kind of the beginning. And that was probably, I want to say that was seven to eight months after surgery because you can't lift and do things um you can't do a lot for the first several months you you're not allowed to lift more than 10 pounds for like six weeks you know that kind of stuff so it was just as I was about like just after I was allowed to go back and and had no weight restrictions right and for me weight restrictions I wasn't lifting heavy then. So, you know, but I could lift more than 50 pounds finally. So, you know, when I said baby steps, I was truly meaning baby steps, but ended up going that next Sunday and lifting uh, my first tire axle deadlift. So nice. And how did that make you feel? It was really empowering because it was one of those things where I had said, no, no, I can't do this up until, you know, literally three days beforehand or so. (laughs) And then I just, you know, went for it. And if I didn't do it, then I didn't do it, but at least I had tried, but I ended up doing it. So it felt like, oh, 
okay. And then something just clicked and I stuck with it for a long time. And, you know, truthfully with the whole COVID shutdown, it's been kind of hard to get back into it. I'm not going as frequently, but I'm still going to class every Sunday. Well, most Sundays, because it's just so important in that group support network wise, my high and strong family for sure. Like that's really awesome. That is so stellar. I I can completely relate because I stumbled into CrossFit probably with a whole lot more apprehension than you though. I mean, I literally interviewed everybody and their brother asking them if they thought I could do it. That's how insecure I was. I signed up only because it was a short-term program. It was all with beginners and they were all women. So I felt safe. That's awesome. That's awesome. But I I did it. And so like, again, like the community, I always say it kind of saved my life because I felt that camaraderie and acceptance. And like, I had never had anybody cheer for me. Like at CrossFit, I played soccer in high school. I was in, you know, the marching band and like, I had plenty of public opportunities to like show what I got. But I never felt that encouragement like I did when I was rowing, you know, or running in CrossFit. Oh, yeah. And like, we always say the same thing, just cheer for the people in the room. Like, it's such a unique sport. And I've never done CrossFit, so I can't speak to that. But like Strongman, they cheer each other on like Mm -hmm. it is incredible and there is something that just powers you through a workout when the people standing around you give a shit whether or not you succeed even if they're yelling at you yeah get it off the ground (laughs) and it's some of the best it's some of the best feeling because when you do get it and that just they explode with happiness like there is just something about for us anyway that's class if you happen to be at the gym at the same time, somebody else is working out, you know, you're cheering them on, taking the videos of them, showing them how good they did. And like that competitions, I don't know if you've ever done a CrossFit comp, but like the strongman comps, like they're competing, but they are the first ones right there after their set screaming the next guy on because you want to beat the best, you know what I mean? You want to win, but you want to win against the guy who gave you a run for your money. You know, and so I haven't yet completed a competition, but I've gone to them and, you know, supported Andrew at his, they're just incredible. And like, I don't know that I would have been as successful as I was without those baby steps (laughs) that turned into giant leaps. Good for you, girl. So does that, is uh, competing one of your goals then? It is, but I have a mental back and forth with myself to this day. Like the, the one that I'm eyeing up is in March of next year. So I have plenty of time to do it. Yeah. Um, I fill out the form and I get to like the submit and I'm like, just hold on. <laughs> I back up a little bit um, because truthfully I did sign up for one last year or early. It was earlier this year. I had to pull out of it because I was in such a weird mental state. I wasn't going to the gym. It wasn't working out and I just talked myself completely out of it, you know? And so I pulled out. And so part of me is like, you can't do that again. So don't sign up until you're sure, you know? And so every time I'm like, are you sure? Like, and then I'll get like this burst of confidence and eh, I'll I'll probably do it, but I have to like talk myself into it. (laughs) So I will tell you, um, I know. And I'm actually kind of in that place too, because I'm like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not as good as I was like a couple of years ago or whatever. And I watched this special um, with Brene Brown on Netflix. A lot of it is about like vulnerability and just putting ourselves out there. And 
I watched this special and she basically was like, even if you finish last, you tried. And there are so many other people who never even tried. And then also if anybody wants to criticize you for coming in last and not lifting as strong and not being as good as everybody else in the room, screw them because they didn't get in the arena and you did, you know what I mean? So I want to leave you with that. Yeah, yeah, I I hear that. And it, it <laughs> kind of goes off of five minutes in the gym is better than five minutes on the couch, you know? And so yeah. I I hear that and I'm probably gonna end up looking that special up. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No pressure. I just I've done a few competitions. It's thrilling. I'm highly competitive with myself, but I'm better now. Like mentally, I think I would have more fun. And that's what I wanted to circle back to is the F word earlier. You said looks like they're having fun and you have found a way to make fitness fun. And I think that's part of the the secret sauce in being able to like establish a healthy lifestyle. So I think like one of my last questions for you really is like, how has this whole experience affected you mentally? We've talked about physically, but like, what about mentally? And then what about the important people around you who live in in the same home as you? (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, mentally, I am in the best place I can remember because I just have a different ability to see my successes. You know, I used to see a lot of failures. I used to see when I would gain the weight back, right? Or when I would just have a rough patch where I wasn't, you know, in my, I was in my head too much and all that. And I'm not saying that losing all the weight is what caused that, but you know, there's a lot that goes into the mental preparation for the surgery and all of that, that just really changed my mindset. And then to finally be able, this sounds really shallow, but to finally be able to wear the clothes that I feel comfortable in and wanted to wear, you know, I spent years dressing in the plus size section where everything's covered in sequins. And, you know, there's a butterfly here and an Eiffel tower here for some reason, because that's all that fit me. You know yes. what I'm saying? Those bizarre styles or where the, the shirts that this pattern stops at the side because it's too much fabric to put all the way around, you know, just oh. weird things. And it wasn't my style. And I definitely feel like I'm coming into my own. Like I'm not, I'm obviously not afraid to stand out anymore. I'm not afraid to like. (laughs) So cool. You know, magenta for a while. So like you're again. It's so fun. But like to finally, like I wore, I don't know if you have TikTok, but the TikTok tank top that has like the boob cut out. Oh my gosh. I bought it on a whim and like wore it. You know what I mean? Like I actually wore it outside of the house. I never would have done that before. And it was just like, you know what? No, I look good. You know, <laughs> like good for, for the you, first girl. time, you know? So yeah, I'm out with the kids more. We walk around, we go on like, I'm not a hiker, but like we go walking trails and just being able to get out and It used to be, mommy, you want to go for a walk around the block? No, it's too hot. No, it's too cold. When really it's mommy's too damn lazy, you know, but it's not like that anymore. You know, it's really a lot more of getting down and playing with them or taking my oldest one out for like a daytime shopping trip to our favorite place. And, you know, just having the motivation to do it, but also having the willingness to be in society with it. I didn't feel embarrassed of how I looked anymore. So I wasn't staying home, you know, I'm going out more now. I'm having more fun. I've got 
incredible people in my life that I wouldn't have had. Yeah. I think that's one of the coolest things about our thirties is we thought we knew who we were, but it's like in our thirties, it's not what everybody else is doing. It's what we want to do. And it's like, yeah. what I'm hearing from you is you're really like owning your identity. You've always had it, but maybe you just kind of like hit it a bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, I you're feel like it's, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where I, I've always felt kind of weird and quirky and, you know, just, but I had this in my head, like I didn't deserve to feel confident you know, I didn't deserve, you know, and I think a lot of people feel that way where inside they've got this, you know, weird little emo girl who wants to wear black lace dresses in the middle of July, but she can't come out because that's weird. And that'll draw attention to her. And, you know, people will wonder. And one day I just was like, no, I'm going to wear the dress, you know, (laughs) it's like, and it's been great, you know, wear the dress. (laughs) I totally agree. You know, and, and that's kind of part of my journey. And I'm, And what I'm taking from you too, is just that energy of like, not caring anymore and like literally just doing what, what makes me happy, you know? And I love that my girls get to see that version of me. My girls are going to remember that version. Yeah. They're not going to remember the version that hid herself and did whatever she could to get by. Like they're going to grow up with the version that felt good about themselves. And 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 that's amazing. And they're going to feel good about themselves and who they are and not worry about judgment as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's like the ultimate impact. I think. I think so. You know, and my, my oldest, she's got her head, sh- you know, side of her head shaved. Blue. She wears what she wants, you know, and like, she has this confidence in her that I hope never goes away, you know, and I'm not saying I'm the sole reason for it, but I can't be hurting it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, I, I'm jealous of these kids of this other generation now where self-expression is just becoming a lot more widely accepted. And like, I'm so grateful for that. Oh yeah. Because I, I think I've always taken pride in my own thoughts. You know, I have an artistic side and, you know, I tend to like, you know, be a little bit more open-minded about everything in life, but I was always afraid of what people would think of me. And like, that's, horrible you know like oh, yeah. if, if they don't agree with me it doesn't mean that they're not going to like me we just disagree and move on yeah but for so long it wasn't that for so long it was just just agree just fit in it's fine fit in. and I feel like very similar where it's like I always had this inner creative weird person mm. but I didn't want to have to explain it or justify it or uh, don't look at me, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And as much I as I wanted to do those things, it was like, I don't want the attention for doing it. <laughs> and now I'm like, stare, I don't care. Yeah. Good for you. Oh, that makes me so happy for you. Before we like end our conversation here, I want to just open the floor up for you to say anything else that you feel you would want to say and share with someone who is struggling with the insecurities, struggling potentially with beginning a weight loss journey, or even someone who's wading in the waters of whether they should work it out literally or, or seek medical support. Yeah. I think it's important in all of those questions to give yourself grace right? Like you're going to screw up no matter what. And going back to like how we used to, we were talking earlier about feeling guilty when we hit those bumps, stop feeling guilty and start looking at the ways in which 
you have succeeded, right? If you mm-hmm. are looking to work it out, but it isn't working and you just really don't want to pursue surgery, then you just have to keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you never get to the goal, your goal should never be a number. It should never be a size. It should be a feeling. You want to yep. feel good, right? And so if you're not feeling good, take a look around you and see what changes can you make to make yourself feel better. You know, you might not get to good right away, but you're going to get to better a lot quicker if you do something. And so if you're really at the place where you are struggling and the working it out isn't working, or you just know that you've been on every diet, you've done every exercise and you just can't commit, then maybe surgical procedures are the way to go. They're not, you know, they're not typically people's first options, Mm -hmm. but if you get to that point, it's okay to give yourself grace and say, you know, I tried my damnedest and it wasn't working, but I have this tool, right? Like if all of a sudden your glasses, you know, all of a sudden your vision changes so drastically, you need glasses. You're not going to say, I'm not going to get glasses. I've never had to wear glass glasses before. Why would I start now? You know, medical intervention isn't always as bad as, as people might think it is. And you have to give yourself grace. Sometimes you need surgery. Sometimes you need glasses. (laughs) I just want to end it right there. All, there were so many quotable things. <laughs> Mike, drop. Bam. Good to meet you. See you later. Oh, seriously. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm grateful. Like even just for me today, like you've given me so much oomph to go down in my garage and hit the rower and put some work in. This is going to be a really fun journey for me. Um, which sounds bizarro because usually I hate the process, but think that's, what's different is like, I'm enjoying the process now. And the fact that like, I'm opening myself up to have exchanges like this with people like you, it's just going to make it all the more like enriching. So thank you a thousand times a thousand. I really learned so much from Kimmy and speaking with her and I would really be interested to hear what you have going on. You have taken the time to listen to me and I would love to be able to sit down and hear your story as well. If you are interested in telling me your story and potentially being featured on my podcast, I encourage you to reach out to me at incognito.athlete on Instagram. All right, so I know that you folks are probably waiting for me to do the weigh-in, but I'm going to have to let you down this week because I am going to actually announce my weight in the bonus episode about the 10-Day Green Smoothie Cleanse. That way there are no spoilers. Please don't hate me. Okay, so with that, I just want to wrap up. I do want to thank you so much for tuning into my podcast. It means so much to me. Uh, Please also do check me out on Instagram and Facebook. I'm at incognito.athlete. And I also encourage you to leave a review. I'd like to know what you think of the podcast, if you have any suggestions or feedback. But I especially would love the reviews so that other people like yourselves have an easier time of finding the podcast on your favorite podcast app. With that, I want to send all of my good vibes and well wishes to you on your own journey to health and happiness. See you next time.